Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP and today is the 12th of April 2023. Now listen guys, today is a very critical day. We have the CPI numbers, which means we get information on what the inflation numbers were for the previous month. And apart from that, today is the kickstart of Ethereum Shanghai upgrade. So in today's episode, we'll very briefly look at what the implication of inflation numbers are, keeping in mind the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And look guys, Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is going to be a massive event, not just for Ethereum, but for the price of other cryptocurrency protocols as well. Now, later on in today's episode, we're also going to be discussing world regulators and what are they looking at, particularly in the world of DeFi. Now, guys, I'm pretty much sure you do watch a lot of other cryptocurrency influencers as well. And Coin Bureau, one of my favorite YouTube channels, he did put up a YouTube story. And in that story, he did actually mention three specific dates, which are really critical. And all the three dates are in this month, today, the 12th of April, the second date that he's mentioned is the 15th of April and Americans have a deadline to file the tax returns and it could be possible that that date does have an impact on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the reasoning that he has given which I kind of agree to is the left-leaning administration that is Joe Biden will be focusing on the US debt ceiling so it could be possible new policies are in place in order to reduce the debt ceiling and finally he talked about 18th of April and this is to do with European politicians and they're going to be debating on Mika, that is market, in crypto assets. So I would definitely recommend you to follow his channel. Now listen guys, apart from Coin Bureau, there are a lot of other YouTube influencers who I particularly like. But what is really crazy is, when the inflation numbers were picking up pace, they were saying that because the inflation numbers are picking up pace, people are no longer going to have faith in the US dollar. And that is one of the reasons why the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies would pump up. Now, there are rumors circulating that the CPI numbers or inflation numbers that are going to be released tomorrow, it will be significantly lower and the same cryptocurrency influencers are completely switching their thoughts. Now, what they are saying is, because the inflation numbers are going down, it could mean that the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies will be pumping up. So listen guys, whenever you're looking for any cryptocurrency influencers or even podcasters, I would definitely not recommend listening to them when they are talking about price predictions. Because look guys, in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world, all price predictions are 100% right, 50% of the time. Now in today's episode, we'll definitely go ahead and talk about the CPI numbers, the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade. We'll also look at what the world regulators are talking about DeFi. But one of the biggest matrix, which a lot of them are not talking about, is the market cap of stable coins. And that is to do with Binance BUSD. And it has gone below the $7 billion mark. So over 50% of Binance BUSD's market cap has completely gone off. This, guys, is a massive deal. So we'll very briefly touch base on that. And guys, like we do in every Crypto and Coffee Date podcast, I'm going to be discussing two news from Dubai, UAE and Middle East. And the first news is about Blue Wheel Gulf. And they have secured 5 megawatts Bitcoin mining contract from private investors in Dubai. Now, this news definitely sounds bullish, particularly in the world of Bitcoin mining. So we'll definitely go ahead and explore that in today's episode. And the second news is about Republic Crypto. And they have established office in UAE. And guys, when I went through the website, looks like Republic Crypto is definitely involved with a lot of tech giants. Now, I'm really hoping that what they mentioned in the website is 100% authentic. So, we'll definitely go ahead and talk about that in today's episode. So, a lot to cover in today's episode. So, let's kick start with it right away. Welcome to the Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast that keeps you up to date on all latest developments in the world of cryptocurrencies, blockchain and NFTs. Join us Monday to Friday as you kick off your day with a cup of coffee and a deep dive into the exciting and rapidly evolving world of digital assets. We'll cover the latest news and trends in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space, 
as well as delve into the growing world of NFTs or non-fungible tokens and metaverse. Plus, we'll keep you updated on the latest developments from Dubai, UAE and the wider Middle East region. Whether you're a seasoned crypto enthusiast or just getting started, Crypto & Coffee & Tape has something for you. Our expert host will provide insight and analysis on the most important topics in the industry and help you stay up to date on the latest developments. We'll bring you interviews with leading figures in the crypto and blockchain space and explore the ways in which these technologies are changing the world around us. From the impact on traditional financial systems to the potential for revolutionizing industries and transforming societies, we'll cover it all on Crypto and Coffee at 8. So tune in and join us for a daily dose of Crypto and Coffee at 8 and let's stay ahead of the curve together. We'll start your day off right with the most important news and insights from the world of cryptocurrency blockchain and the metaverse and help you navigate this exciting and rapidly evolving landscape. In Crypto & Coffee Day, the daily podcast covers the latest developments in the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse. We'll also bring you updates on the latest news from Dubai, UAE and wider Middle East region. This also includes a range of topics such as developments in the local and blockchain industry, including new projects and initiatives, regulatory updates and policies related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region, local and regional events and conferences focused on crypto and blockchain, interviews with leading figures in Dubai, UAE and Middle East crypto and blockchain community, coverage of any significant news or events related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region. By covering these local and regional developments, in addition to the wider world of cryptocurrency and blockchain, Crypto & Coffee at 8 aims to provide a comprehensive overview of the industry and its impact on the Dubai, UAE and Middle East region. Now before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message, so check this out. Firstly guys, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is Download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something wild but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called the Race Space Podcast. So check out the Race Space Podcast across all leading platforms. And the Race Space Podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge, and also the Government Gov Games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen, guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets 
made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France, and Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. Now, in today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now, guys, since you've taken care of that, let's kick start by looking at the global cryptocurrency market. Now, as of today, the global cryptocurrency market is at $1.23 trillion. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 0.25%. Bitcoin has crossed the $30,000 mark. And guys, later on in the day, there's Ethereum Shanghai upgrade, which will be kicking in. I'm pretty much sure both of these news will have a massive impact on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, the total cryptocurrency market volume over the last 24 hours is $43.04 billion. Since the last 24 hours, though, it is marginally up by 2.36%. Now, if you look at the volume of DeFi, it is ridiculously low at $3.93 billion. The total value log, though, has definitely crossed a $50 billion mark. And to be honest, this might be the very first time in roughly around 12 to 15 months where the total value locked has crossed the $51 billion mark. And as of today, it is at $51.2 billion. Now, guys, in January of 2022, the total value locked was $240 billion. And as of today, it is only at $51.2 billion. And Lido's dominance is 22.32%. And listen, guys, as and when the Shanghai upgrade date kicks in and when validators are able to withdraw the funds, Lido's dominance will significantly be changing. Now, it could be possible because a lot of them are withdrawing. The percentage of Lido will definitely be up. So, please keep an eye on that. Now, so far as the total value locked is concerned, it is at $11.42 billion. And in today's episode, guys, I'll very briefly touch base and discuss what is going on so far as the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is. Now, as of today, DeFi accounts for 10 0.19% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Make DAO is number second so far as the total value locked is concerned and $7.75 billion is locked in this protocol followed by Aave at $5.80 billion Core Finance at $4.72 billion and finally Uniswap at $4.03 billion Now let's look at the volume of stable coins. As of today the volume of stable coins is $38.75 billion and out of that Tether USDT accounts for 28 $1.59 billion. Now look guys, regarding stable coins, we have some massive drama going on, particularly in the world of Binance BUSD. Because if you look at its market cap, it is down to $6.89 billion and the 24-hour trading volume is only $3.60 billion. And look guys, ever since the SEC is going after Binance and particularly Binance BUSD, the market cap has been on a decline. At one point of time, it was on the verge of crossing the $15 billion mark. And I've been saying this, guys, since September of last year, there is kind of like a war going on between Circles USDC and Binance BUSD. Now, so far, Circle is concerned, looks like they are in trouble as well. And left-leaning politician, that is Senator Elizabeth Warren, and represent AOC, that is Alexandra Cortez, has asked Circle BlockFi as to why they banked with Silicon Valley Bank. And the lawmakers are asking 14 other firms about Silicon Valley's bank's wide glove treatment of some of its largest depositors and guys, if you want to research this information, Coindesk has published an article that states the lawmakers sent letters to BlockFi and Circle on Sunday 
with a list of questions and concerns, 12 other non-triple related funds, they have received similar letters as well and the democratic lawmakers are looking for more information on what they call mutual backscratching dynamic between Silicon Valley Bank and venture capitalists in which the bank treated venture capitalists and other high-rolling depositors to extensive lines of credit and luxurious white glove services like industry ski trips, conferences and fancy dinners Lucas looks like the left-leaning administration is once again attacking stablecoins. Unfortunately, guys, this time, I do have to agree with them because what they are doing is they are attacking the protocol because what they are doing seems to be right. But nonetheless, let's see how this news develops. Now, going back to the volume of stablecoins, it is at $38.75 billion that the USDT accounts for, $28.59 billion. But if you look at the market cap of the USDT, it has gone high at $80.54 billion. Now, look, guys, this is a massive concern. I really don't understand how come the market cap of Tether USDT or Bitfinex has gone up to $80.54 billion. It just does not make any sense. Whereas Circle USDC's market cap is $32.39 billion. But if you look at the 24 hour trading volume, it is only at $4.08 billion. And look, guys, I wouldn't be surprised in the next few weeks or when Joe Biden goes after reducing debt ceiling, he severely goes at an attacks stablecoin issuers. What are your thoughts guys? Mention them in the comments below. Now, if you look at the volume of stablecoins, they do account for 85.97% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now let's look at the market share. 24-hour trading volume and dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum and Bitcoin's dominance has pumped up and it is currently at 47.50%. Now I have this feeling guys, the reason Bitcoin's dominance has pumped up is because of Ethereum Shanghai upgrades news. This might be the very few times where news surrounding Ethereum is having a positive impact on the price of Bitcoin. Now, so far as the market cap is concerned, it is at $583 billion and I wouldn't be surprised over the next few days if the market cap does actually cross the $600 billion mark. It's going to be really interesting to see what the CPI numbers are. Then we'll get a clear picture on what the market cap of Bitcoin is and also the price of Bitcoin and also the price of Ethereum. Now, unfortunately, the market cap of Ethereum is relatively the same and it is at $226 billion. Now, let's look at the 24-hour trading volume. The 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin is $18.3 billion, whereas Ethereum is $8.44 billion and the dominance of Ethereum is down to 18.50%. Now, in today's episode, guys, let's very briefly look at the market cap of Web3 protocols. Chainlink is at $3.74 billion. Filecoin is at $248.2 billion and the graph at $1.29 billion. Bitcoin, the king of all kings, has crossed the $30,000 mark and as of today, it is at $30,194. Since the last 24 hours though, it has marginally gone down by 0.02%. Since the last 7 days, it is up by 5.60%. Now look guys, when Jerome Powell does actually announce the inflation numbers, I'm pretty much sure 4 to 5 hours after that, is going to significantly impact the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now, surprisingly, the price of Ethereum is staying steady between the $1,800 to $1,900 range. And as of today, there's $1,887 since the last 24 hours. It is actually down by 2.12%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 1.36%. Binance Coin is at $321. Since the last 24 hours, it is down by 0.26%. Since the last 7 days, though, it is marginally up by 2.44%. Now look, as later on in the day, Jerome Powell, the chair of Federal Reserve, 
will be announced in the CPI numbers, that is the consumer price index. Essentially, the inflation numbers will be out, and the only official link to track the inflation numbers, guys, is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. What I'd really recommend you to do is, in order to look at the inflation numbers, make sure you only go to Bureau of Labor Statistics website. You'd be surprised, guys, that mainstream media do provide incorrect and fake news information. But what happens is, Jerome Powell, who is the head of Federal Reserve, he does go live on YouTube and he does go out and discuss what the inflation numbers are. So what I'd really recommend you to do is go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics website, read through that information. The information is roughly two or three pages long and then watch Jerome Powell live via YouTube. Once again, guys, you'll be surprised with the fake news and misleading and incorrect information left-leaning media provides particularly regarding inflation numbers. They will put it out, of course, as though the inflation numbers are great and the economy is doing absolutely brilliant. Now, on the same line, guys, Reuters has provided an article that states that dollar dips ahead of inflation date, which is due today. But one thing you need to understand, guys, when the dollar dips in value, it is not necessarily a bad thing for American companies. So what I'd recommend you to do is look at the dollar DXY index. So essentially what it does is it looks at the value of the US dollar in comparison to the top 8 currencies. Now if the US dollar value is going down and if you're a company which has branches all over the world because of the conversion rate, you might be benefited by it. Exactly opposite guys, if the dollar value goes up and if your company is an international organization and if you have your operations let's say in UAE, in China, in India and UK, because of the conversion, if the US dollar value is high, once the funds go back to US, you get lesser amount in terms of dollar value. So going back to the article of Reuters, what that states is that the Federal Reserve Board is seen as likely to hike interest rate hike by an additional 25 basis points. And one thing you need to understand guys, today is when the inflation numbers will be out. And based on this number, Jerome Powell will be announcing the next interest rate hike and the next interest rate hike will be happening somewhere between the 2nd or most likely the 3rd of May. Now, if you want to find out when the interest rate hike will happen, on the website of Federal Reserve Board, they have given a list of scheduled events for the rest of 2023. So if you want to find out inflation regarding CPI numbers, it is by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And if you want to find out the information regarding the interest rate hike, the website is a Federal Reserve Board website. Now what are your thoughts guys? If the inflation numbers are low, what kind of an impact will it have on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? And one thing which I mentioned earlier, cryptocurrency influencers will try to give out information whichever direction the inflation numbers are. They will say that the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is pumping up. But what happened earlier in the week is that CoinShares, they published a blog via Medium that states that last week saw positive sentiment with inflows of $57 million and Bitcoin in particular saw $56 million of inflows representing 98% of all inflows and this is precisely the reason why the price of Bitcoin did actually cross the $30,000 mark. Now today guys, apart from the CPI numbers, Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is also kicking in and the blog also states that despite the Shapela upgrade occurring on the Ethereum network today, inflows have been relatively minor at only $0.6 million. So let me try to give out some information regarding the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade. Now, the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is expected to take place today at 10.27 UTC or 6.25 Eastern Standard Time. Now let me try to give us some very basic level information. Now in case if you want to read through the article, Mark Thomas Arjun from CoinShares has provided an excellent blog and he does often provide some real crucial information. 
Now, the block that he mentioned via Ethereum discusses Ethereum's upcoming Chappelle upgrades and the implication of the withdrawal feature. So, let me try to give us some more information. Now, listen, guys, the Chappelle upgrades are two upgrades that will be implemented on the Ethereum network Shanghai on the execution layer and Capella on the consensus layer, or also called as Beacon Change. But one thing you need to understand that these upgrades will enable the much anticipated withdrawal feature for those who stake the Ethereum allowing them to withdraw their coins for the very first time. Now, if that thing happens, what will happen to the price of Ethereum? And more importantly, what will happen to the price of Bitcoin? What are your thoughts, guys? Mention them in the comments below. Now, one thing you need to understand, to become a fully-fledged proof-of-stake network, Ethereum needed a way to incentivize users to validate transactions and maintain the network security. And this was done by requiring validators to stake a minimum of 32 Ethereum or ETH which they would lose if they acted maliciously and in return guys, validators would receive rewards in Ethereum for validating transactions. However, until now, there was no way for validators to withdraw their stake Ether. So it could be possible, let's say that you have put in 32 Ethereum and now you do not want to be part of the Ethereum ecosystem and you want to withdraw that. This is now possible and the withdrawal feature is a significant milestone for Ethereum as it allows users to reclaim the stake Ethereum, making them more attractive and accessible to a wider range of users. However, there are also concerns that once the withdrawal feature is enabled, it will lead to immediate selling pressure and a subsequent decline in the price of ETH price. Now, one thing you need to understand, and this is very cleverly done, so far as Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is concerned, there are two types of withdrawals. One is partial and the second one is full withdrawal. Now let me try to give out very basic level information between the two. Partial withdrawal guys allows users to withdraw only their staking rewards. That is everything in excess of 32 Ethereum which they can spend immediately. This includes the gas fees, the transaction fees and quite a lot of other. And the users will continue to validate as expected. A filled withdrawals on the other hand require the validator to exit and stop validating which means the validator's entire balance of 32 Ethereum, principal and any rewards is then unlocked and allowed to be spent after the exit and withdrawal mechanism is complete. Now listen guys, this is very beautifully done. Partial withdrawals happen automatically once per week, while full withdrawals are a manual process that requires going through a queue system. The first one is they need to wait in order to be picked by a validator. The second, wait for the turn in the queue and third, wait for the fixed protocol delay of 27 hours which is roughly around 256 epochs. Now one thing you need to understand guys, validators on the Ethereum network are divided into three cohorts. The first cohort is liquid staking which accounts for around 60% of Ethereum stake. These users take the ETH through liquid staking tokens via a third party which means they can sell the tokens in the market instantly at a 1 to 1 ratio if they want to exit. The second cohort is residential staking, which accounts for around 32% of Ethereum stake. These users had 32 ETH or more and were tech savvy enough to self-take. It is unlikely that they would want to withdraw all of the ETH to sell and the remaining cohort is called as the other category or the third cohort, which accounts for around 8% of Ethereum stake. Now it is really uncertain how many of these validators would want to withdraw all the Ethereum to sell. And guys, to be honest, because the price is only at $1,800, I really am not sure a lot of them would want to sell them. But based on these cohorts, it is predicted that around 22,000 validators may want to fully withdraw the Ethereum. The queue for withdrawing Ethereum may range from 1 to 4 weeks, depending on various factors such as reshuffling from Kraken because of the SEC lawsuit, 
in Lido because the community wants to see the market share reduced. However, Gaza disbelieve that the queue will end towards the shorter end of this range. Now, once the Chappelle upgrade is finalized and rolled out, Ethereum developers can switch their focus to the next upgrade, which is called a Scankin. And this upgrade is focused on scaling Ethereum by making Layer 2 an order of magnitude cheaper. It is an essential milestone for Ethereum, which needs to scale its network to achieve its vision of being the world settlement layer for the Internet of Value. And guys, when I got involved in Ethereum, Ethereum is often called as the first world computer. Now listen, because of this news, Coindesk has actually published an article and they're having watch parties as well. Now this might sound a bit geeky, but each takers, they're going to be going live on YouTube and they're going to be having a watch party along with them. Never mind, they're going to be having a launch party and along with them, the Ethereum cat herders, they're going to be having a watch party as well. It is 100% geeky. But to be honest guys, it is kind of fun as well. And I remember guys when Bitcoin had its pizza day, and when it had the halving, there was a similar Bitcoin halving event as well. Now guys, let's discuss some more news regarding the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade. Now guys, Glassnotes, they tend to provide a weekly insight on what has happened in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world last week. But this week guys, they're only talking about Ethereum once again. And the insight looks at cohorts of stakers and assesses the potential sell-side pressure which may occur due to the unlock event. And listen guys, if you're a technical nerd and if you like to look at charts and graphs, I would really recommend you to read through it. It doesn't make sense for me to explain that in the podcast. So let me give you a very brief summary on what that insight states. Now the Glassnotes Weekly Insight states, The Shanghai upgrade for Ethereum has some people worried about what will happen when a lot of Ethereum that is currently locked out for staking is released and people are worried that a lot of ETH will be sold which could hurt the price of Ethereum. However, this analysis says that most of the people who will get the Ethereum back won't sell it right away. They will probably just move it to another type of staking that doesn't require them to lock up the entire ether for such a long period. Also, there are only few people who are actually waiting to get the staked Ethereum back and they are probably not going to sell it right away either. Even if a lot of people did decide to sell Ethereum all at one price, Ethereum gas is designed to limit how much can be sold at each time and this means that the impact on the price of Ethereum would be spread out over a few days or even weeks. Now, overall, the analysis thinks that the impact of the Shanghai upgrade and the price of Ethereum will not be as bad as some people are afraid of. In fact, it might even help if the staking industry grows, which would be good for Ethereum holders in the long run. Now, what are your thoughts, guys? If you have Ethereum stake and if you're into the mining pool, what would you do? Mention them in the comments below. Now, guys, let's discuss what the world regulators are looking ahead for the world of DeFi. So, let me try to give out two bits and pieces of information that is from the US Department of Treasury and the Central Bank of France, called as Bank de France. Both of them have published a report assessing how well DeFi entities meet anti money laundering regulators and how these entities and tools will be used in illicit finance. Now, the US Department of Treasury's report is called as Illicit Finance Risk Assessment of Decentralized Finance. And the report is 42 pages long and that report guys discusses the market structure and illicit finance threats, vulnerabilities and mitigation measures. Now to be honest, I haven't read through the report but if you do want to read through a summary, Coindesk has a great summary and what that summary states is that the US risk assessment report raises several important features related to DeFi, particularly regarding its accessibility to criminal activities such as money laundering and the report highlights the use of DeFi by North Korea for these purposes and notes that DeFi projects may not always adhere to KYC, AML regulations 
which could allow bad actors to exploit the system, Gaza's report raises concerns about the vulnerabilities of open-source DeFi projects, which may be easier for hackers to target, while open-sourcing allows for greater community scrutiny and identification of vulnerabilities. It also increases the risk of exposing exploitable weakness to malicious actors. Now, this guy's open source is a feature, isn't it? I really am not sure what the US Department of Treasury is thinking about. Because let's say if there is a hack and if there are certain changes, everyone would know that there is a hack and everyone would know that there are some malicious changes which has been done at a protocol level. But nonetheless, the report recommends strengthening regulatory oversight of DeFi projects, including enforcing existing legal requirements and improving engagement with private sector initiators. This would involve closer collaboration between regulators and the DeFi community to identify and mitigate potential risks to the system. Overall, while the report does acknowledge the potential of DeFi to transform services, it does underscore the importance of addressing these risks to ensure long-term sustainability of the system. Now, what I strongly recommend you to do is, guys, read through the report. Now, granted, it is extremely wrong, but at least you get detailed information on that. Now, Central Bank of France has also published a report and the bank is called as Bank de France and now the report by Central Bank of France is called Decentralized or Disintermediated Finance What Regulatory Response. Now their report is 55 pages long and it discusses the definition, the use case of DeFi, schematic structure, the different risks associated with DeFi, risks of the application layer, avenues of the regulatory framework and quite a lot more. Now what you need to understand both the French and the US reports acknowledge that DeFi is an innovative and rapidly evolving sector that has the potential to transform the financial industry. However, they also highlight the risks and challenges that come with this new technology, such as non-compliance with AML, CFT regulations and vulnerability of open-source projects to cyber attack. And to address these issues, the French report suggests creating a set minimum standards for DeFi projects to meet along with certification process for developers to ensure compliance with these standards, it's going to be really interesting to see what actions are taken based on the report because the report also suggests exploring the use of private blockchains for financial transactions as a way to reduce associated risks with public blockchain and the US Department of Treasury is seeking public feedback on how to determine if a DeFi project is subject to Bank Secrecy Act regulations which would require compliance with AML, CFT requirements and the report also suggests providing further guidelines for DeFi projects to clarify the regulatory obligations and ensure compliance. Now, overall, guys, both reports aim to strike a balance between promoting innovation in the DeFi sector while mitigating potential risks and ensuring compliance with regulatory requirements while there are concerns about the potential misuse of DeFi for illicit activities such as money laundering. The report does actually recognize the potential benefits of DeFi for financial inclusion and innovation. So those are the news guys from Crypto and Coffee at 8. Now let's discuss two news in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrencies from Dubai, UAE and Middle East. And the first one is about Blue Wheel Gulf. They have secured 5 megawatt Bitcoin mining contract from private investors in Dubai. So let me try to give out some more information. Now the website for Blue Wheel Gulf is bluewheelcapital.com and they are located in Dubai Silicon Oasis. And they were founded in 2020 and headquartered in Dubai. And Blue Wheel Gulf is a complete blockchain company. They have been actively investing in blockchain startups in the strategic and private rounds directly or indirectly and they have a vision to reignite the world with blockchain and make blockchain easy, adaptable, efficient for people. And Blue Wheel Gulf targets to accelerate the world's transition to blockchain technology by investing in blockchain startups 
who want to be part of improvements, upgradation and achievement of this transition to blockchain. They have their own mining hotels, data centers in Russia and India. And Blue Wheel Gulf has been actively working with proof-of-work technology, mining Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they aim to create the world's largest data center with sustainable energy. They also provide hosting services for cryptocurrency mining operations to institutional investors all around the world. Now listen guys, if you want to get into mining, definitely check it out. The Blue Wheel Gulf, a Dubai Beach Bitcoin mining company, has secured a 5 megawatt Bitcoin mining contract from private investors in Dubai and the company has been actively mining Bitcoin since 2020, mostly using hydropower. Now with this new contract, the company's total mining operations have reached 6.5 megawatts with 2,000 ASIC pods and Blue Wheel Gulf partners with DeFi Nation Studios for Bitcoin mining NFT projects under Blue Wheel Mining and Ghazi NFT projects aim to simplify Bitcoin mining for small investors and offer a transparent and auditable mining operation. I'm pretty much sure GMT does something similar and Habib Nurmagomedov, one of the greatest of all times UFC fighters, is the brand ambassador as well. Now going back to the news, the project by Blue Wheel Gulf promises a genuine sustainable economic model where the NFT holders get Bitcoin rewards by just holding NFT. So looks like you know someone who wants to be part of the Blue Wheel mining ecosystem will be issued an NFT and this NFT is how your share in the company will be tracked as well as your returns and third-party software will be used to make production transparent and auditable and the project aims to bring Bitcoin mining into DeFi which is missing currently. Cloud mining has been a popular option for small investors to participate in Bitcoin mining but lack of transparency and auditing has been a major issue. Now by holding the Blue Wheel Mining NFT, investors will be able to receive the daily share of Bitcoin mining revenue. So it looks like this is something to what GMT is offering and Blue Wheel Gulf is positioning itself as a leading sustainable Bitcoin mining company in the region. The company's focus on sustainable energy sources and transparent mining operations is absolutely commendable. But what are your thoughts guys? Because the NFT project will attract small investors looking for a trustworthy and reliable way to invest in Bitcoin mining and Blue Wheel's Gulf's efforts to address the transparency and auditing issue with cloud mining will likely set a new standard for Bitcoin mining companies and Blue Wheel Mining founder Agarwal is excited about the project and is in the process of forming a separate SVP in BRV for it and the project aims to enable the adoption of Bitcoin to the masses and generate a source of sustainable revenue. The partnership with DeFi Nation Studios will also aid in the success of this NFT project. Now you also need to remember guys that other companies like Luxor, Binance and Anpool are offering third-party mining software services as well so it's going to be really interesting to see how and when this news develops. Now guys, let's discuss the second news and this is to do with Republic Crypto and Republic Crypto is launching its services in the UAE. Now the website is republiccrypto.com and Republic Crypto supports the bold builders and investors working to accelerate the growth of Web 3.0. Now on the website it says that the services that they offer is Web 3 advisory, blockchain infrastructure, tokenization and digital asset management. Now what is really surprising and shocking is that if you go to the website, it says the different projects they were involved in and they have some heavy-duty giants such as Avalanche, Shingari which is a massive app in India, Daparada guys, something which I look on a daily basis, Voyager which was a massive giant, Soar and Red Run. Now really I'm not sure if this is legitimate news because what a company can do is on the website, they can definitely go ahead and mention any projects that they are involved in but looks like this news might be legitimate because Republic Crypto is a blockchain firm 
that provides advisory services to crypto companies. And Republic Crypto has expanded to the UAE and obtained a license from the DIFC, that is Dubai International Finance Center. And the company plans to offer its full range of services in the MENA region. And Republic Crypto aims to contribute to the regional regulatory framework. And the company has experience advising on tokenization, smart contract development, marketing, and fundraising. And Republic Crypto is partnering with Golf Labs, which is a UAE-based consultancy service firm. And Golf Lab Labs will help Republic Crypto identify and support exciting new projects in the UAE. And Republic Crypto has signed an agreement with Myco, which is a Dubai-based Web3 streaming platform. And Myco is the first advisory project from the region. The Anwar Al Mahid is the managing director of Republic in the MENA region, and the UAE is a regional leader in the Web3 space. And Republic Crypto's partnership with Golf Labs is a significant step forward for the local blockchain industry. And look how the two companies will leverage each other's network and experiences. And the partnership will create a precise strategy based on growth, acceleration, advisory, and consultancy services. The aim is to provide cutting-edge solutions to clients and enrich the blockchain ecosystem in the region. And Golf Labs is a sister company of Gap Capital Partners, a prominent Web3 private investment firm in the UAE market. And Golf Capital Partners. Support the growth and development of innovative blockchain-based startups in the region. And Republic Crypto and Golf Labs aim to foster a robust ecosystem of quality and innovation. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this news develops. So those were the news guys from Crypto and Coffee Date from Blockchain TXP. In case if you guys have any feedback and suggestions, drop me an email to info@blockchaindxp.com. Check out my website www.blockchaindxp.com, and also check out my website area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a five star rating, and share the word across. Now, for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. So let's get started with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. Listen to the Ask Me Anything series. You listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. I have a question by Charlie who asks: Are there any key things to look at to gauge the price of Ethereum? Now, what I'd really recommend you to do is Charlie CoinDesk did provide an article that talks about the different watch parties. I would recommend try to watch all of them and listen to what they are saying. What you can do is you can actually see the validators. Who are withdrawing the funds, and this is the power of open blockchain. But what I'd really recommend you to do is, before the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade date kicks in, also have a look at the CPI numbers. Now there are rumors that the inflation numbers will be ridiculously low. So once again, which I did mention earlier, Charlie is, listen to Jerome Powell when he goes live on videos. Make your own decision. But before doing that, make sure you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. Look at which inflation numbers are going high. Now it could be possible that based on this data, it will have a massive impact on the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, one thing which I have mentioned several times in my past, whenever Jerome Powell does go live, the prices tend to remain the same. But four to five hours after he has gone live, mainstream media they tend to put their own narrative. Mainstream media such as fake news, CNN, BBC, CNBC, they get information and they try to manipulate it and put out their own narrative. This has an impact. On the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, now be really keen to see how many people are reinvesting and how many people are withdrawing the protocol. Now, because the price of Ethereum is only at one thousand eight hundred dollars, 
I don't particularly see people withdrawing the funds because it is possible a lot of these people did actually invest in Ethereum when the price of Ethereum was roughly around the $4,000 mark. So if they were to withdraw, there is a very high possibility that they might be in losses. So I wouldn't be surprised a lot of them will try to reinvest. But I do feel, Charlie, there might be some movement in the price of Ethereum. Another metric, Charlie, what I recommend you do is keep a track on what is going on so far as the stablecoin is concerned. It'll just give you some idea on what is going on so far as the price of Ethereum is concerned. The last few days has definitely been bullish. Now, one thing which I definitely recommend you to do is not to listen to cryptocurrency influencers. In it. And it is a bit sad that some of my favorite YouTube channels, they have also been saying exactly the opposite news. I very specifically remember Crypto Aras, who is one of my favorite YouTube channels. When the inflation numbers were going up, he was saying that people are no longer going to have faith in the US dollar. And that's the reason why the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency will pump up. And just yesterday, he said, the inflation numbers are going down, which means the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency will pump up. So either way, what he's saying is that the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency will be pumping up. And you need to understand, Charlie, the only reason why cryptocurrency influencers and podcasters want to pump the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is only because by doing that, they're creating demand for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And by doing that, people like you and me will go out and buy more cryptocurrency. By doing that, the prices will increase and their own existing network will actually increase. So I'll really recommend you to do is not listen to any cryptocurrency influencers who talk about the price pumping up. Now, since the last few days, I'm seeing so many articles and so many YouTube channels saying that right now is a trend for bullish indicators. Absolute garbage. So what I recommend you to do is try watching the live party. It'll give you some indication of how many people are actually withdrawing the funds. At a macro level, what I would say is the less people who are withdrawing the funds it might just give some bullish indicators of the price of Ethereum. So that's all for today, guys. On the Crypto Coffee Update from Blockchain DXP. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info@blockchaindxp.com. Check out my website www.blockchaindxp.com. And guys, once again, check out my other website area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse. And if you like listening to this, guys, please make sure that you give it a five-star rating and share the word across. And remember, guys, Monday to Thursdays. 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. We have Crypto and Coffee at 8. We usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact on the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a nice one. Bye-bye.